Once upon a time, there was a precious collection of crystals just waiting to be found. A brave knight had travelled day and night for weeks and weeks to find these special crystals and take them back to her family as riches that would change their fortunes forever. And as she finally reached these crystals, she reached out her hands to touch them. She couldn't believe they were real or that she had finally found them. For these were... This can't be right, can it? Sweat. Crystals made of sweat. Sounds like something we should investigate further. I'm sure when you're at school or you hear on the news, you'll hear something or see something about climate change. And often it seems really scary and often quite doomy and gloomy. It's a difficult subject. And actually when it's difficult, it makes you less likely to want to engage with it. That's where I come in. I'm James Stewart and I'm here to offer some positivity around the subject of climate change. I'm a TV presenter, climate change graduate, and I work with Harvard as one of their climate creators, which basically means I get to look at some really awesome research and meet some really cool people doing some amazing things around the world to try and help save planet Earth. Now, along the course of this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some of those people doing weird and wonderful things to try and help save our planet. I mean, some of the cleverest people literally in the world are going to be joining me right here. So... Listen carefully, because I'm going to be asking a question right at the end to see if you picked up a little extra knowledge from the stuff that we've talked about. Now, we always want to start these episodes by hearing from you at home, of course, with a question or something that you might have a fear, a worry around climate change. Hi, James. My name is Pippa and I live in England. I'm seven years old, so I grow really quickly and need new shoes and clothes a lot. But I know that's not good for the planet. Is there a new way of making clothes that we haven't thought of yet? Oh, what a great question. Let me introduce you to our first guest, TV star and businesswoman and someone who knows a lot about fashion and clothing, Lucy Watson. Lucy, I know this is such a big passion point for you, climate change and sustainability. How much of your daily life do you think about the climate and sustainability? Like, is it a part of your everyday conscious? I know it's a big part of your, your work life. Is it something you're always aware of and thinking about? Yes, I have a completely plant-based diet. So every time I'm putting food in my mouth and making a conscious decision, it comes down to the clothes that I buy. I mean, if I if I look at the lifestyle that I used to lead, it's a completely different lifestyle. You know, I, I just, I don't buy fast fashion. I'm turning down work with unsustainable brands. I drive a plug-in electric <laughs> car, like all these things. I'm really trying to live consciously because I just feel like it needs to be a joint effort with everyone and you, you can never just say oh you know what what I do won't won't matter yeah that's the thing the thing I've learned most from having these conversations with experts and guests like yourself is it's about everyday small actions isn't it like because I think if we all think oh there's nothing I can do then nothing will change but if we all start to take those small little steps I mean to me that's the most obvious way of igniting change I don't know how what you think and that's that. how all important change that's happened over you know years and years has come about and we are really strong in numbers and those numbers may start out small but they grow and people are influenced by your decisions and I think it's like lead by example you know your friends and family then they tell their friends this it's just it's just you know it is a growing awareness right now I think this particular subject so I, we can one of the things yeah. that I was really interested in and it gets a lot of bad press and you, you might say rightly so is is fast fashion you mentioned that it's something you're aware of and perhaps in the past you know yeah, maybe we didn't even realise the impact it was having. But do you think that's an area that we really need to still be looking at and tackling? Yeah, I think that over time, you know, clothes have got to a point now, massive industries and clothing industries have got to a point where they can 
produce clothing at such a small price that it's got to the point now where it's just so accessible now to everyone. So that is something that I became really conscious of. And I actually myself would look around myself and be like, I've got so many clothes. Fast fashion brands were sending me clothes the whole time. And now I've just done a massive clear out and I only really accept gifting from sustainable brands. I only really buy clothes when I really need them. And I think, you know, there's so much that can be done with like secondhand clothing and just reworking the bits that you already have. I think it's becoming cooler as well to kind of work with the vintage secondhand look and that's coming back around. So that's that's exciting. Lucy, if I said to you that we've got a scientist on this episode called Alice, who is growing clothes from human sweat, <laughs> what would you say? What do you think of that? Honestly, nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> and it really makes me excited for like the future and for what, you know, kind of innovative things people are going to come up with. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to look into what she's doing. That sounds incredible. Would you like to hear a bit more about how we make clothes yeah. out of sweat? Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Go for it. Alice Potts, welcome to the Saving Planet Earth podcast. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to have you here because I'm sort of obsessed with your Instagram page. I know. I've got a lot of a lot of mixture of materials. <laughs> yeah. Well, rightly so, because materials is what you do. You are out here making crystals, textiles from sweat. Yeah, so I've been actually doing it for now probably around seven years. So I was one of the first people to be crazy enough probably (laughs) to start collecting sweat um, and have actually made it into a living, which is probably even more bizarre. So would you literally go around taking people's sweats? People's? Yours? So I actually do a mixture. I think for the first two years I started it, obviously, I was a little bit ashamed. <laughs> I used to do one of those old sort of um, traditions where I used to wrap myself in cling film. To sweat more. <laughs> to sweat more and go to the gym and then have to run quickly into the changing rooms, cut the cling film off and actually like collect the sweat just so I had enough. Um, but it actually took me to two years of working on it to actually produce my first crystal because it was a lot of trial and error there's a lot of failure before you succeed yeah it doesn't always work um and then actually when i first showed my first crystal it was the first time that people actually started offering (laughs) to sweat for me and i think you'd be super surprised if you can tell anyone that you can make diamonds out of their sweat they're quite willing (laughs) i think the easiest way for me to break it down so i don't seem that i just sort of like follow people around at the gym is that when people sweat normally, mm. a lot of times, especially when you're wearing dark clothing, and I think you get it a lot in London Underground or in the gym, you start seeing those like white markings yes. um, on people's clothing. So that's a very sort of raw beginning phase of the crystallization process. And so what I tend to do is obviously <laughs> get six litres more. Um, and six litres? Six litres more. Because um, sweat is normally between sort of maybe 70 to 80% water. So you still have to evaporate all of that off to be able to get the sort of raw salts, um, lactic acids, urea, to then start forming the crystals. So it's a very intensive process and that's predominantly why I work with athletes because yep. a lot of us sort of say like, oh, I don't sweat. Athletes quite confirm they sweat. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of their job. It's yeah. kind of their job. <laughs> A lot of us wear fragrance now and makeup, so you have to filter away sort of the alcohols, the dead skins, and then purify and take away the water. And once you've sort of burnt everything off and separated, you're actually left with this really fine white powder. This then is re-sort of boiled in distilled water. And then I 
always tend to grow my art pieces or my fashion pieces on objects that people have already sweated on. Yeah, like caps and stuff like that, yeah. Are you sort of the first person to decide that sweat has a value beyond just coming off of us or is it? So I wasn't actually probably one of the first people. Um, It was actually a lot of my research had gone from ancient Greece. Um, So I actually moved to Greece for four years to do a lot of my beginning research in sweat. And actually, years and years and years ago, there was um, sweat collectors in some of the gymnasiums. And sweat was actually seen as this thing which was like used as the baseline of medicine, was actually seen as more valuable than gold. Sweat. Sweat. So they used to have like, and you can see it when you go to Greek museums, they actually have specific sweat collecting tools (laughs) that they used to use. And they used to go to the gymnasiums when like the sort of athletes and finished training. And then they used to have these specific people whose jobs were purely to collect sweat. And they used to just go around and like scrape it off people and then sell it to either the medical fields or to sort of like artists, which then used to generate it to make pigment. So there's a lot of like work and research done on like sweat being able to like conduct electricity and also pass electricity. And so there's all these different things where actually the crystals are a beautiful art piece and they can be worn for fashion. And a lot of people like wearing them in different ways like that. But I think there's also this idea that actually we can start using sweat for other things. Like how do we use it to charge our batteries? Do you think that is something we could do? I mean, there's a lot of work being done on it, I think. A lot of the stuff I do now is like working on trying to just show people how cool we are. When I sort of went into more of a creative industry, I started to realize that actually there's a lot of things I didn't know. Mm. And then that's where I learned science. And I actually started to embrace the fact that actually my naivety allows more creativity. So there you have it, an amazing example of a way that's being found to change fast fashion, literally as we speak, and use less and less plastics in materials to help save planet Earth. I guess the real question from that is though, would you wear crystals from sweat on your clothes? That's what I want to know, because all I'm thinking about now is how do I get a a sweat-filled baseball cap? I've got an odd one somewhere in my closet, I'm sure. Listen, I hope you've taken something from this incredible episode about some of the good news and the amazing people that as you go to school and to work are doing incredible things to work to save this planet. Even if you don't always hear about them or see them, trust me, they are doing them. Now I think it's only right we head back to Pippa. If I was in charge of saving planet Earth, I would stop people dropping litter. Oh, brilliant answer. But what would you do if you were in charge of saving planet Earth? I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email me at savingplanetearthpod at gmail.com. Now it's question time for you. Are you ready? Who did Alice say first collected sweat? Did you get it? It was the ancient Greeks, and apparently sweat was more valuable than gold back then. Imagine that. I'd be rich. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that inspires you to go and do something awesome to help save planet Earth. Before we go, this next bit is more for the grown-ups and it just helps us keep this podcast free for you. 